All right, let's get into uh, Galatians. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 1, verses 13 through 24. And, um, and this, is, uh, uh, this is building off of last week, and you'll see if it's your if first time you've been here in a series where we're working through a book of the Bible, you will see how these grow week to week and how they connect and how powerful it is when you understand context and what Paul is writing in Galatians 2,000 years ago and how still in Pikeville, Kentucky, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your heart because it was inspired by the Spirit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this off with a little clip. Anybody been watching the Chosen series? Who's watched the Chosen series? God, your hands are... Who has watched the Chosen series? Like way up there. All right. A good portion of you, about half of you maybe. Uh, you need to go watch it if you've not watched it. Uh, it's a great um, multi-episode, multi-season series about the life of Jesus. Uh, and the disciples that he chooses. So the chosen is about the people he chose to be his beginning disciples, and it walks through the story, uh, and it's really, really well done. Um, and so the, the very first episode is about Mary Magdalene. It shows this whole... Um, I, I will say that the, it, it's not that the, the series is not scriptural, but they do take some liberty and do some things that are plausible. So if we know that Mary Magdalene was, was, uh, was, was um, you know, possessed by demons or struggling with the things she was struggling with, they take some liberty to say, why might she have been that way? It's not against Scripture. It just gives us some context and ideas of why and how this story could have played out. And so she's struggling this whole episode, um, and at the... <laughs> And it's really well done. And at the end of the first episode, uh, it's the first time Jesus appears. He's already on the earth, and he's, he's walking, and his ministry's not really started yet. And, uh, and, and it's the story of when he meets her, and he speaks her name. She doesn't know who he is, and he says, Mary. Oh, man, you got to see that moment. Um, and so then there's this uh, the, the, a Pharisee who's on the Sanhedrin. His name's Nicodemus that had tried to go and heal Mary in this story, um, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't. He tried to exercise her, and he couldn't do it. I promise not all of them are about demons and crazy. The first one's a little crazy. And I was like, whoa. But at the end, you're like, oh, my God, this is good. And this is the interaction when Nicodemus uh, meets Mary in her new way of life after she has met Jesus and she's been healed. Okay, so I want you to just see this. That's some context for this clip. Uh, it may take, a, I think it's a couple minutes, but I want you to see it and get a feel for it. Uh, because this is, this is what Paul is doing in these verses, and then we'll, we'll look at that. It's you. It's real. Lilith. No, no, please, don't be frightened. My name is Nicodemus. I, I ministered to you, Lilith. I don't answer to that name. I am Mary. I was born Mary. But you were called Lilith, yes? Please, I must go. No, no, please, Mary. I, I am desperate for your help, Mary. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I'm visiting from Jerusalem. I'm a man of God. And I believe you have experienced a miracle, Mary. Are you really a Pharisee? Yes. yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't... I'm not here to enforce Jewish law. So how do you know who I am? 
You really don't remember me at all. I burned incense. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I can't go back into that. No, no, I don't want you to. I can't even imagine. But you, you are healed. That, that much is clear. I just want to understand how it happened. That makes two of us. <laughs> how long after my visit did you feel the change? It wasn't anything you did. It was someone else. Someone else? He called me Mary. He said, I am his. I am redeemed. And it was so. his name and even if I did I could not tell you why not his time for men to know has not yet come it's time for men <laughs> he, he performs miracles and seeks no credit well, what does he look like is he a member of Sanhedrin would you at least know him if you saw him again <laughs> I don't know why I am sharing this with you. I... I don't understand it myself. But here is what I can tell you. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between... was him. So yes, I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have to be home to prepare for Shabbat, as I'm sure you do. So mean that you're even hosting Shabbat dinner. It will be nothing like yours, I'm sure of that. But I'm going to try. Shabbat shalom, Nikodimas. Shabbat shalom, Mary. I was one way, and now I'm different. And the only thing that happened in between was him. Let me tell you how Paul said that. Galatians 1.13, as he's writing to the church that's struggling. Struggling with what freedom from grace means. Did you see Mary, when she realized he was a Pharisee and he showed something that confirmed it, what did she start doing? covering like trying to follow all the I mean can you get a taste in that moment of what uh, what we read on these words but kind of seeing it what the culture would have been like at that time the, the 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 bondage of the rules and the laws to please God and so there was a Pharisee looking down so she's trying to trying to fix it and, and so that's what happened is happening in Galatia in this letter that that the people there Paul went and preached the gospel, and then they've started trying to revert back to all those things to please God. And so Paul's trying to establish some credibility here as he's getting ready to, 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 to share this with them and give them guidance and direction. 
Uh, and so first thing he does is he identifies with them. And you're going to see that here. And then he shares his story. He shares his testimony, his encounter with him, Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.13 says, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. I used to be, I was one way. You remember how I was. You, you've heard about it, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Paul was Nicodemus. All right? He was like Nicodemus. He was, he was, he was hard-lined on the, the laws and the rules and the traditions. It says, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I'm skipping a few verses in between there. It's important stuff, but it talks about he shares what he did after Christ saved him. And at the end, I want, this is the heart of today's message. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. That's the area around Jerusalem. He says, they only heard the report. The man who was one way, who formerly persecuted us, is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised who? God. Because of me. Let me ask you this question. The people who do not know you personally, what is the report they are hearing? You ever meet somebody and they say, you don't know them yet? And they're like, oh, so-and-so was telling me about you. And your first reaction is, <laughs> depends on who so-and-so is, right? <laughs> like, is it good or is it bad? And, uh, and you know, there's always the run jokes, all good, I hope. You know, everybody says the, the, same, says the same thing in that situation. But we find something that happened to Paul, and it was so powerful, it was so transformational that it had reached across the countryside. The people had heard about him. They didn't know him personally. They wouldn't have known him if they saw him on the street. But there's a guy. He used to kill us. And now he's fighting for us. And they didn't say he worked so hard to change his life. They said, he said, God got the glory. He said, God did this. And he said, he said my credibility to be able to talk to you is just because I met. Jesus, I experienced Jesus. If you want to know Paul's story of his transformation, and don't go read it and think, well, mine wasn't like that. That is not the way God reaches everybody because Paul literally was on the road to Damascus to go murder, kill, imprison Christians. And it says a lot came out of heaven. It's in Acts chapter 9. Paul fell to the ground, and God literally spoke to him. and said, Paul, Paul, why persecutest thou me? Why are you persecuting me? And Paul's on the ground saying, who is it? Who is it? And the voice says, it's Jesus. It's me, Jesus, 
whom you're persecuting. In that moment, Paul's mind is blown because he, uh, he is absolutely thinking that he is fighting for God in his persecution of the church. And he realizes that Jesus was God. He gets up, he's blinded, and he goes on. You know, Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. That's what you've probably heard um, in his life. It's totally different. Let's understand how he was. What was his one way? Let's go back here to the beginning. For you, you've heard of my previous way of life in Jesus, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Paul, before meeting Jesus, was an absolute persecutor of the church. Now, do you think he was vandalizing buildings when he said, I persecuted the church of God? Was he graffitiing building? Was he like throwing rocks through their windows? I don't know if they had windows. Or was the church a different thing? He was persecuting the church, the community of believers, the people, the followers of Jesus. If you go read Acts, he says he's going to Damascus to, to find if there's any there that are of the way. I mean, they were following Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life. I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. This is a beautiful Greek word there, destroy it. Epithalon. That's not beautiful. It, it means to make havoc, lay waste, devastate, destroy, ruin, wipe out. This man was on a mission against the church. We also find he was one way. Not only was he like a persecutor of the church and totally against the church and against Christ and thought Christ was, was everything but the Messiah. It says he was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and he was extremely zealous for traditions of my fathers for the religion he was the ultimate self-righteous right he was like he was all about the rules and all about what god says and what what the laws are and and you know at this time they had they had expounded upon what god had told them as rules and they'd come up with the oral laws which included stuff like wearing where you can wear your hat and how much weight you can carry on a certain day. Like, I mean, they had just built it into this un, uh, unbearable thing uh, to accomplish. And it says he was zealous for the traditions of my father. Let us all hope we never get zealous for the traditions of my fathers. For just the religion for the practice, for the going to church, for the, the things that we see as Christianity, the things we see as religion. Let's never become extremely zealous for those things, but to become zealous for God himself. Because in fighting for all those things, he, he, we, we see here, and he's realized at this point that he was actually fighting against God. When was he transformed and what 
impact does this have on his life? I think it's just neat to sit here for a minute and realize, uh, like John 3.16 said, for, for God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son so that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love it that, that Paul wrote to, in, in many epistles that we were chosen. In Ephesians, he says we were chosen before. The church was chosen before the foundations of the world. That Paul says, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. So we, we understand his way. Let's take the moment now and look at the transformation and what we can learn from it to apply for, for our own lives uh, as you think about your report, I want you to think about that, that I mentioned earlier. What, what would you want a third, third party, that, you know, four, four times down the road, what are they saying? You know, four connections away, what are they saying about you? What are people saying about you? Um, and, you know, in, in my previous job, I, I, was on, I was on TV, some like crazy things uh, for me. And so there were so many times, um, there's, it just happened to me recently. Um, but I would, one time I was in Walmart and I was checking out and the cashier was just looking at me funny and, and, uh, and, and, and finally she went, saw you on TV. <laughs> I was like, oh my, that's interesting. I said, don't let anybody on there. That's usually what I say or, or something like that. And, um, and at that point, I can't even remember what we were working on, but I remember her saying, uh, keep fighting for us. Just a complete random person. I had no idea. Um, that was a bit encouraging i've been out of that role for six months i was at the gas station like three days ago and i came out and uh and a guy it was like man I, I see you on tv all the time didn't know him from adam and uh, i mean he and so for f like five minutes in the parking lot uh he casted his entire vision for all the like economic development and agriculture and like how all the projects we were doing were wrong and like oh and i just listened and i listened but there was something interesting when you're on TV, like, and people see that part, like, they don't know me. They don't, they don't know me completely. They don't know my story. They don't know my heart many times. And so I'm asking, what are, what, what are, what are, what's the report that people are saying about you? What is your, I was one way, but now I'm different. There's three things here I want to see about Paul's transformation. Why does God transform us? How does he? Um, and so here's three things I want you to see. One is that, that Paul was set apart and called by his grace. Uh, so his call and ministry was not of himself. Your call and ministry is not of himself. Did, did Paul change himself? He did not change himself. He did not go to a self-help meeting. He did not read a book. He, he did not make turn over a new leaf. He did not say, now I'm going to be better. I don't like murdering Christians anymore. Today I'm not going to. God got a hold of him. And, and let me tell you something. God can get a hold of you. And maybe you're here and he has gotten a hold of you before. And maybe you're here and you've struggled with understanding what church is. And, and, and why? And is it just about do I do the right things or the wrong things and I can't be good enough and, and all these things? And I'm telling you, your transformation does not hinge upon you. Listen to what 2 Timothy 
uh, what Paul wrote in Timothy. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done. Not because of anything we have done. But because of his own purpose and grace, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Paul's calling ministry, your calling ministry, my calling ministry uh, is not of ourselves. It's of God. Like you got to start there and realize I didn't earn this. I don't deserve it. But for some reason, the good shepherd left the 99 to find the one that was, I heard an illustration a few days ago about sheep said how they would, uh, if they get to running water, sometimes they put their head in it and sometimes their their wool or hair, whatever it is, so big it sucks up all the water and it just drags them like they get so heavy they just fall in. That's me. That was me. And you may have seen the gift or the meme that was on social media a few weeks uh, a few months ago about the sheep. The guy rescues the sheep out of this crack. Did you all see that? He gets the sheep out of the crack, and the sheep's so excited, and he runs and jumps right back in it. That's me. It's not of yourself. Don't ever get self-righteous. Don't ever get confident and think you got it figured out and that God picked you because you did good this week. And that because you did good this week, God loves you more. Don't ever think it. God, your righteous standing in Christ Jesus is of one thing, and that is God's mercy. His grace. So it's not of yourself. So why did he transform form him? One, chapter 1, verse 16 says, To reveal his son in me. Man, that, I love that. I love that. I don't love it as the next thing I'm going to talk about as much as the next thing, but I love that he transforms us, that he calls us, that he gives us purpose, that he, he pours grace on us. He, he calls our hearts to submit to him. And that moment when you, when you realize the grace of God and you submit to it, you believe in it, you say, I'm going all in with Jesus, I'm following him, he begins to reveal himself, Jesus, inside of you. You begin to understand. You begin to think with your heart and not just your mind. And he begins to speak to you. The Holy Spirit himself living inside of you, revealing Jesus to you. Revealing your maker to you. The one that was with God and was God. To know Christ, to reveal him. And then it says, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. This is, this is, this is a foundational thing for me. That God sets us apart. It's his work that saves us. To reveal himself to us, to you, to me. But not just to reveal, reveal himself to Paul. 
but through Paul. God doesn't just want you to know him. He wants you to make him known. He doesn't just want to know. He doesn't want you to just know Jesus and you live in your own little bubble like, I know Jesus, he's good, he's cool, me and him are like this. Because when God really gets a hold of you, you bear this fruit. Paul calls it the fruits of the Spirit and Chapter 5 of Galatians, we're going to talk about it. And all of a sudden, there, there comes reports. That so-and-so was one way. And now, they're totally different. And there's all kinds of one ways, right? You could, be, uh, you could have been afraid of God. You could have doubted God. You could have been angry at God. You could have, been, you could have just been completely ignoring God. And, and, I mean, you could have been all kinds of different sorts. But we find that, that this is how God reaches the world. It's through the people he calls, that he reveals himself to, that we become the vehicle in which the world is loved. <laughs> and that we reveal and we make Jesus Christ known through what he does inside of us. Paul said he was personally unknown. People didn't even know him. Didn't even know him, wouldn't have known his face. But they praised God because of him. He was preaching the gospel without even preaching. I, I want to tell you, there is power in your testimony, in your story of how Jesus met you and what you were before. And, and if you're struggling to share with someone about the gospel, uh, I mean, just, say, just, just tell them what God has done for you. Say, I was one way, and now I'm totally different. And be, be vulnerable. I mean, Paul's vulnerable. I mean, would you be so proud to come in here and tell this entire church, I used to murder a bunch of people like you all. That's what I used to do. That's not pretty. It doesn't feel good. I mean, honestly, if somebody came in here and did that, you all probably be like, uh, is this just a, uh, you know. They were like this at first. Remember when he gets to Damascus? They didn't really want to be around him. They was like, I don't know about this. I mean, I believe in Jesus, but not that much. Like, he couldn't do that. And so Paul's telling him, this is the way I was, and now I am totally different. So what are these differences? What are the, what's the contrast? What's the difference? And, and, and we're not going to spend a lot of time here this morning, but we will as we work through Galatians. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, where it lays out. Uh, before the Holy Spirit has of your heart, what's the inclination of the flesh? What do, what do we want to be? What do we want to do? Uh, and how do we act? How do we think? What are the brain and senses? Oh, it's just, you know, it's, this is good stuff. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, uh, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live this will inherit the kingdom of God like crazy parties. I mean, this is what Paul's saying. Like, this is crazy stuff that the flesh desires and wants and hungers for. But then he says, here's the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, those should be some of your befores. Those, those should be, don't be embarrassed. That is the flesh. 
That's the way I was. But, but he says the spiritual soul, when we get the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. It says Galatians 5, through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. And then Paul writes in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Here's a powerful thing I want you to see coming out of this, that it's one to see your, your testimony story, or maybe uh, you've seen God do big things in people's lives. And, and I, I'm telling you, it's as big a thing for me uh, to see God save uh, a self-righteous person as it is someone who we would think is just, uh, just rampant with sin. Right, to see someone who becomes broken is realize, well, I, I've lived my whole life. I've been pretty good. I don't really need Jesus. Uh, I, I, you know, I've, been, I've been good enough. I, I, I try hard. And you feel like you've done all the things to, to, get, to get you broken where you really still have, you see in your heart, you still have things and that like you are not perfect by any stretch. You lost your temper like two days ago. Maybe this morning. Maybe you said things to your spouse or your kid that, man, you wish you could just go get those words back. And you realize that you just put on a facade for yourself to make yourself feel better. And, and, but you get that, that, that brokenness. So, so what is your report? If you wrote it out, if your sentence was, I was, what would it be? Maybe it's addicted Maybe it's afraid. I was afraid. I was scared of God. Like I thought he was just judgmental. He was waiting. He was, every time I messed up, he was just waiting to drop the bomb on me. Maybe I was uh, alone. Maybe I was suicidal. Maybe I've been at the point in my life where I thought it would be better off over than to face tomorrow. Maybe you were so convinced by the people around you, the words somebody else said that told you you were not good enough. You weren't good enough to make the team. You weren't good enough to be their boyfriend or girlfriend. You weren't good enough uh, uh, to be uh, third place. You weren't good enough. Whatever it is, you were not good enough. Maybe you were bitter about the way life had turned out and things that had happened in your life that you couldn't control. Maybe you were just completely broken. Maybe all that just made you the hatefulest person, the person that at the workplace everybody dreaded to see come in. Guess that person doesn't go to church here. Nobody laughed. Maybe you were defined by your mistakes. Maybe you did some stupid stuff and everybody knew about it and everybody knows about it. And now you've been labeled something. 
you've been labeled by your family or where you came from or where you grew up or things you did or lifestyle you used to live. Maybe you were drunk. Maybe you were a prostitute. Maybe you were, I mean, I don't know. Maybe these things. I was. But now I am in Christ Jesus. I have identity in him. I have righteousness in him. I am free from all that. You have been set free from the bondage of that. You don't have to worry about throwing the veil over your hair anymore. And you see what happened. Shabbat was a, a, like their, their ceremony that they would have on Sundays that, that Mary was getting ready to go play. And did she look like, man, if I don't have this, af- this dinner this afternoon, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to heaven she was smiling. She said, I'm hosting Shabbat. We're inviting everybody over. And if you go watch the episode, you'll love it because she gets an unexpected guest. Out of the gratitude of her heart for God's grace and mercy, she couldn't dig herself out of her hole. We can't dig ourselves out of our hole. But she encountered, she met one man who's also God named Jesus Christ. And we say, well, I was one way. What Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. End here with this thought. Seeing what God has done. That's, that's exciting. That's good to see and know he can. But see, we see it and then we get, then we don't apply it to our right now. Because even after you're saved, you're going to struggle. Paul says this, this, that, that the spirit wants one thing, your flesh wants one thing. You're going to struggle with things in your life. And there are things right now, you see, Mary thought that would never change. There are things in your life right now you think, I will always be this way. It will always be this way. And so what I want you to take and see is what God has done can still be applied and is being applied. And the power of the Holy Spirit is right now in this moment. And you don't have to say, I'm this way forever. You say, I'm this way right now, but I'm trusting him. I'm in this season right now, but I'm trusting in the way. I was one way, but now I'm with the way and everything's going to be okay. So I want you to see not just the past. I want you to see Today, I want you to change your mind about tomorrow. That if you're walking in him, with him, for him, and he's working through you, I mean, what in the world is there to worry about in tomorrow? He holds it in his hand. I'm going to close a a song I wanted the worship team to do this morning, and it's called Mercy. Mercy. Um, by Elevation Worship, and then uh, our good friend Michael Clark. Many of you know Michael Clark, uh, who was an act of addiction, multi-felon, years in prison. He's been here and preached several mornings. Uh, he did a little, uh, his his wife, he's celebrating five years clean and sober. Uh, I tried to get him here this morning. I wanted him to share a little bit of his story. Um, but he was preaching in North Carolina. Don't you love that? There's felon preaching in this, those two things. I love it because he would share this exact same story. I was one way, 
But now I'm different now. This is a visible, this is a powerful testimony. Why has Michael led thousands of people to Christ? Because God did something big in Michael's life. I want you to think about your story. I want you to be ready to share it. I want you to think about the two or three things right now that you've given up on, that you've said, it's just going to be this way forever, and I want you to give it to him this morning. And so they did this video for Michael, his wife did, uh, and guess what song they used? It's the track, Mercy. So I'm going to show this video this morning uh, that just shows some pictures of his before, of his I was one way. And I've spent a lot of time with him, and I'm telling you, he is different. And he will tell you, I could have never done it without Jesus. That he didn't change his life. Michael didn't change his life. He tried that over and over. That's what Paul's telling them. I tried the law. Man, I was trying. I was, there's nobody loves the law more than I do. Nobody knows it better than I do. And it left me empty until I met a man on the road to Damascus.